0: For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this is a new podcast to the Inside Carolina lineup up in the rafters where 2017 ACC Player of the Year National Champion Justin Jackson and myself will be talking about all things Carolina basketball. Before we get started, though, I just wanted to say thank you for being here. Be sure you subscribe to Inside Carolina wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube so you never miss out on any of the content the team at IC puts out. The support doesn't go unnoticed on this end. Speaking of support, we want to support the people that support us, so that's why I've got to mention our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. When it comes to Carolina Apparel, they have everything that you could want. The T-shirts, the jerseys, the hats, you name it, they probably have it. It's great people and great customer service since it's locally owned and operated by alumni. If you're gonna be in Chapel Hill, visit them on Franklin Street, and if you're not going to be in Chapel Hill, you could still visit them online at johnnytshirt.com. And don't forget, inside Carolina, premium subscribers get 10% off their orders. All right, getting to it. In the rafters, I'm Taylor viplish joined by my guy Justin Jackson. Justin, on Wednesday, Carolina gets a huge win over number 24 Michigan, beating them by 21 in Chapel Hill. What were your biggest takeaways watching that game?
1: Uh, My biggest takeaways, man. I think they just uh, from the jump, man. They looked like they were ready, and they came out and competed from from the very from the very tip. Um, I think, obviously you know the numbers and stuff showed and it you know Caleb Love had a great night Armando played well inside all of those things but they looked like more of a cohesive group honestly that was kind of the biggest thing i took away you know there was a lot of uh, drive kicks drive dump offs like a lot of a lot of uh, you know more team ball that was happening than we had seen in, in some of the previous you know bigger games that they played in so seeing them kind of come together and be more of a cohesive unit was was pretty good
0: yeah I was gonna mention that point. There was only thirteen assists. I was shocked when I kind of saw that in the final box score because it felt like so much more than thirteen. Uh, it felt like the ball was moving great and not getting stuck in one person's hand. when you're looking at that, how important is that for this Carolina team as they try to figure out you know how to play team basketball that the ball isn't getting stuck and they are kind of playing freely within the offense
1: I mean I think it's uh You know, it's one of those things that definitely takes time. You know, I think that's the hardest part is you've got two transfers um, and Brady and and Dawson. um, And then you've got some other guys that are, you know, that have been playing together but, you know, are trying to learn a new system together and all that kind of stuff. And so the unfortunate thing is it takes a little bit of time, you know, and so it's – you know, you can't expect it just to be one game and all of a sudden the switch is flipped. But to see them play and, you know, play the way that they did together on defense and on offense – you know, I think that's definitely a good sign and they're definitely moving in the right direction.
0: You've been high on this team talking about, you know, a potential run that they can make in in March or later on in the season. And it's almost like, it's almost like a video game where if you just put everything in and don't consider the outside factors, like this Carolina team is a, a probably a top 15 roster in all of college basketball, but it's still, it's still early with a lot of transfers. But, you know, how impressive is this game for Carolina when you just look at the talent of players on the Carolina team, where it's just either former McDonald's all Americans or players like uh, Dawson Garcia or Brady manic, who were highly rated at the schools they came at before Carolina.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, to be honest and it's, it's no shot at all to, you know, the last couple of years, but it's, it's probably, you know, the most talented team that North Carolina has has had probably in the last two or three years. Um, and so to see that obviously on paper, you know, it's like, okay, like this team could be really good. Um, and then you add, you know, kind of veteran leadership as far as Brady and you bring a guy like Dawson who's versatile and can play different positions and stuff like that. You know, on paper, it seems like they should, like you said, they're top 15 top 10 type roster. Um, but it's just a matter of them coming together and and kind of gelling as the season goes on. Um, And I think against Michigan, that was, that was a great start to kind of that, that momentum.
0: Yeah. Only five people in the media from ACC media day predicted Carolina to win me being one of them win the conference (laughs) and I understand where people's concerns are with, with uh, a first year head coach, a lot of unproven talent kind of, mixing together Um, but I think Wednesday was a a victory uh, for the people that believe in this Carolina team and believe in what Hubert Davis is doing when you look around and you're like this team can go toe-to-toe with just about any team in the country on a good night and even you even saw it in the Purdue game where they were going back and forth with a team that is now going to be the number one team in the country with Duke going down. But defensively, Carolina held Michigan to 35% from the field. It was just they were just making it really tough for the Wolverines to kind of find any quality of shots, which is a, a drastic difference from the Tennessee game we saw and even the UNC Asheville game where the Bulldogs shot a low percentage, but they were still getting quality looks. What do you think kind of changed there for the Tar Heels?
1: It just looked like they had more energy on that end of the floor, to be honest. You know, I hate to keep going back to the Tennessee game, but the Tennessee game just kind of looked like they were kind of going through the motions, um, you know, and Tennessee was able to kind of run whatever they wanted to run, get into whatever set they wanted to to run. Um, and then you look in the Michigan game and they were, you know, they had Michigan frantic a lot of times, you know, like they were, pushing them all the way to the end of the shot clock to where they had to take bad shots or, you know, every shot was contested, you know, everything was tough for them. And I think it was just a different level of, of energy, a level of uh, their mindset was a little different. It seemed like. Um, And so I think that is how they have to take each and every game, whether it's Michigan, whether it's Boston college, whether it's Duke, you know, whoever it might be, like they've got to, take that into every game because then you see how you know how well defensively they played even though it might not seem like there's a correlation that moves over into the offensive side and I think you kind of saw that and how much they locked in whether it was them getting out in transition or you know they had the crowd the momentum going off from the defensive stop or whatever and then off offense seems so much easier so you know, I think if they can continue to bring that type of intensity, I think it'll be good.
0: Yeah, one person who kind of fed off that intensity, Caleb Love. He goes for a game-high 22. In games, he's scored 20-plus. UNC is a perfect 5-0. and Why do you think that is?
1: I mean, at the end of the day, he's kind of the head of the snake. You know, obviously, you've got, you've got Mondo down there that he's kind of, you know, that um, – you know, that presence inside, kind of that dominance factor inside. But, I mean, the guy who has the ball in his hands all the time is Caleb. And so if somebody somebody can run the team, um, you know, the way that Caleb kind of ran that team against Michigan or even against Purdue or whatever, uh, then the rest of the team feeds off of that. And so when you see him, you know, playing with the type of energy, uh, making the type of shots he's making, you know playmaking for other players everybody else just feeds off of that and so i think that's why that stat of them being 5 and 0 oh, when he scores 15 or more just shows when he's aggressive it just helps the team that much more so you know he's definitely got to keep keep his foot on the pedal and continue to get better in that in that way so that the, you know the team can continue to get better
0: we've talked about how carolina has a, a ton of players who could go for 20 plus on any given night one player that doesn't really fit that mold. Is Leaky Black the only person in Carolina's uh, starting five who who really is not going to light up the scoreboard with with points and a scoring type of prowess? But you know we haven't talked too much about him. He's the fifth option offensively, but he knows his role on this team. He's a facilitator. He defends. The plus minus we were talking about this. Uh, before we started recording, how it is a a type of fluky stat with uh, who's playing with who. But, you know, he he led the team in plus-minus against Michigan, plus-29. He leads the team almost every time in plus-minus. So there's some kind of consistency there when you're looking at those type of numbers. How important of a piece is he for this Carolina team for them to make a run that people kind of expect them to make?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, man, um, you know, I think Leaky. Um, uh, like you said, I mean, Leaky is a very talented basketball player. Um, and there's no, it's no, once again, it's no knock on him at all, but him playing the role that he played against Michigan is exactly what UNC needs. Um, you know, obviously UNC has a lot of guys, you know, that can go and, and score the ball. You know, that's not necessarily an issue that they have, um, But the one thing without Leaky on the floor that they're missing is kind of that glue guy, you know, kind of that guy who can defend, like you said, you know, can rebound the ball, facilitate, run the floor, make all of those little plays that might not be as glorious as hitting a step back jump shot or, you know, some sort of, you know, break your, break your man off and go score. But for UNC to have success, they have to have Leaky there to doing those things. And I think, you know, the way that he played against Michigan, even though if you look at the box score, it doesn't seem like he did a lot. The way he played against Michigan was a big reason why they ran away with the game. Um, And I think if, if they can continue to get that plus with Leakey being, being as talented, if Leakey can even be more aggressive on offense at times, or, you know, be able to run the floor, get him, you know, get him an open layup or, you know, stay on the offensive glass or whatever. I mean that it'll just take that team to a whole nother level.
0: I thought the other big takeaway um, watching this UNC Michigan game was I haven't heard the Dean Dome like that in, in years, whether it's been (laughs) COVID related or the team going through kind of struggles. How easy is it? How easy is it to feed off that momentum when the place gets going like that as somebody who, who has made the Dean Dome erupt numerous times?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, You know, like you said, for one, it's great to see all the fans out and supporting um, and going crazy like that. You know, I think it's been a rough little stretch here with, you know, like you said, we had had some struggles a few years ago, um, and then COVID hit, and it was like, oh, people can't even come to the game. Um, And so, you know, to see fans back out there going crazy and and bringing that momentum um, is awesome. And I think for players, man, like – there's really no different feeling in sports, no better feeling in sports than when you go on a run and you make a play for your team and the crowd goes crazy. There's no better feeling. Um, and you just feed off of that. Like, I mean, you could be somebody who can't shoot worth the lick and you have the, you know, y'all make a stop and you come down and transition and you fire one up and there, there's really no telling if it's going to go in or not, but because of, you know how you feel from those fans and that energy that they're giving you that thing might just fall in you know so it's like um you know it's it's awesome to see that and i think that's a huge you know dynamic that has been missing the past couple of years um but i think the team can really feed off of that if if the fans and the students and everybody that goes to the games can continue to provide that energy for sure
0: on a similar note looking around this week in college basketball Like we mentioned, Michigan number twenty-four loses at Carolina number eighteen. Memphis loses at unranked Georgia number one. Duke loses at Ohio State, much to the delight of every Carolina fan. (laughs) And then even number twelve BYU loses at Utah Valley. As somebody who's been through it, been on the road, what makes playing on the road so difficult for a college basketball team?
1: I mean, it's a it's a couple of different things, honestly. You know, for one, you know like we just talked about, you don't have that, um, you know, that momentum breaker, you know, per se with your own fans, you know, when they go on a run, all you hear is them going crazy for them. And when you do something bad, all you hear is them cheering for you, you know, like, so it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's, it's that, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are also still students. So going on the road, it's a totally different, different dynamic as far as, you know, trying to get your score done if you have an exam or whatever it's just different. Um and so I think it's just a, a bunch of different things, man. It's a different gym. Like you might have only shot at that gym for shoot around and there's no, you know, no other time that you shot there. So, you know, it's a bunch of different things, but to me, man, as a player, there was really it was such a good feeling when you would go in on the road, you know, and it was a good team or whatever and you would beat that team. You know, like that's such a good feeling in sports. And, you know, hopefully these guys can take this Michigan game and really take that and take it up a notch and really get this, you know, this, this play going for
0: sure. Yeah, the one win is nice, but Coach Davis hit it on the head in his press conference where he said in order to validate a win, you have to play as well and win the next game. How big is the next game for UNC on Sunday against Georgia Tech to build on that confidence?
1: It's huge, man. Even though it doesn't seem like that big of a, like a marquee matchup type game, it's still big, you know, um, to start off, uh, kind of, you know, playing their first game against an ACC school. It's a great way to get that, that whole deal started. Um, Georgia tech, that was, that was how we started my last year, my junior year and it didn't go too great. So hopefully, uh, Hopefully they can go in there and they keep that same intensity, um, and get that win and run those guys out the gym.
0: Yeah, I remember 2017. I was buying all the hype with Carolina basketball. I was like, "Oh, they're gonna walk back to the national championship." And then that Georgia Tech game happened. I was like, "I'm not, I'm not Whoa. getting off, the, I'm not getting off the bandwagon." But I'm Fred Flintstone, just putting one foot on the ground just in
1: case. <laughs> hey, the- I think. I think everybody was after that <laughs> game, man. That was, that was a rough one. So hopefully they can uh, change the uh, what happens when we go in against Georgia Tech. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Something about going to Georgia Tech has been tough in recent history for Carolina. But you kind of mentioned it with the the student aspect on the road in his press conference today. Uh, coach Davis also mentioned that he wished games like this weren't scheduled around finals it's been a while since you had to take a class but how challenging it how challenging was it balancing something like finals week with games that you knew were really important like a conference matchup for for the fans that really don't understand that school work to to athletics balance
1: yeah man I mean I think like you said like I think a lot of times, you know, whether it's a basketball player at a at a big time basketball school like UNC or football, you know, at a at a big football school, whatever it is, um, people forget that the athletes are still students. You know, they forget they just see them playing on the basketball court and you know doing all of this cool stuff and getting these new shoes and all that stuff, and they totally forget that. we were still athletes, you know? And so you think about around finals, all, you know, regular students, like non-athletes, they've got all of those study days to do for finals, right? Like, so literally all day, you can sit there and study for, you know, for your tests or your finals or whatever you have. And for athletes, like we would have, you know, we would still have practice, you know, we, obviously they're still going on a, on a, on a road trip. So that takes away Cause they got to fly out there. They're in a hotel room now, you know, they don't have the same setup as far as studying. Um, so it is a big deal, you know, and it is totally different than, you know, a non-athlete might experience finals week. And so, you know, obviously I'm praying for, I do not miss finals at all. I'm praying for all the, all the non-athletes and, you know, the student athletes whenever they go into finals week. Um, but it is, it is different and it's, it's, it's tough to tough to juggle for sure. Um, but I think I think the guys will be just fine
0: yeah you normally don't think of Georgia Tech as a tough opponent but they have won two in a row in this series and three of the last five but that's it for this week UNC back in action on Sunday at Georgia Tech we'll be back next week to break everything that's happening with Carolina basketball Justin always appreciate it
1: always bro